In this episode of Zero On Air, we're going to talk to some of the key figures in the Zero team and also some of their channel partners, some of their tech partners at the ZeroCon conference down in Brisbane, Australia. Joining us on the show, we have Steve Vamos, the CEO of Zero globally, Anna Curzon, who is the Chief Product Officer, Kevin Fitzgerald, the MD of Zero Asia. Now listen up on this series to find out a bit more about Zero itself, the Zero DNA. What is Zero all about? We all understand it's something to do with accounting and business, but there's a lot more to it than that. Zero is an $8 billion SaaS platform, software as a service platform, and it's all about helping business people, particularly small businesses, do their business better by taking away a lot of the the pain, there is no other word, pain and frustrations of trying to run a business on a daily basis, taking away all that sort of heavy lifting that gets in the way of trying to run a business. And I can say that as a small business owner myself, as a startup, I know that I need to know the numbers. I know I need to know the cash flow forecast, but I'll get round to it when I'm less busy. The problem is we as startup entrepreneurs are never less busy. So we need that sort of financial discipline, that discipline of knowing the numbers. We need it there at our fingertips. So how do, how do you build a business around that? We're going to find out from the Zero team and find out a little bit about their insights on what they're doing, what they're building, and where it goes from here. All right, we're in the podcast booth. Graham here, talking to Steve Vamos, the CEO of Zero. Steve, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Graham. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. I really enjoyed your keynote today, thanks. and we sat in the, the panel session with Rod and Co as well. There's a few messages that are coming out and uh, there's a very positive message coming out of Zero, but there's also that sense of that we need to keep pushing and we can't get comfortable here as well because especially being here and, you know, and the vanguard with Asia on the doorstep, you know, the speed of change as well. So maybe we can unpack some of this and maybe I can do this by taking us all the way back. Something you said this morning, 40 years in tech, has tech been around that long? It has. And in fact, it was, I joined the industry at a time when mini computers came in and probably most people listening to this will not really connect with that time, but really mainframe, remember IBM, uh, at some stage, Thomas Watson, who was the founder said, there's a world market for computers of seven, (laughs) seven computers. And so when I joined the industry, it was at a time when a whole new range of general purpose mini computers came on the market from companies like IBM, Wang, and digital equipment. And they were bringing technology or computing um, to businesses that were not the big, big ones. They were still in the world of small business well above. But um, that was the, the interesting uh, era. And, you know, actually, I'll tell you a funny story. So I joined IBM into the general systems division, which was the division selling these minis. And we were called the toy shop by wow. the guys in the big computer division, and we used to call them uh, the dead division because we said ultimately the big computers would not sustain much future because these smaller ones were going to take over the world. And it's an interesting study in culture as to yeah. how companies embrace new waves. And one of the things that I observe about technology companies today, let's say the generation of the last 10, 20 years versus those that were there way back – 
um, is that they're able to to almost reinvent themselves. Mm. And I think that um, and enter new sectors and segments and businesses very very effectively. So certainly, as zero grows up, that's one of the things we'll have to think very carefully about: is are we able to not only do a great job in the area of cloud accounting and cloud small business, but are there other businesses that eventually zero gets into as we get bigger? But fortunately, for now, we've got so much opportunity uh, doing what we do that we don't have to worry too much about that. It must be in your back of your mind, right, that you've been at IBM, you've saw the giant, the elephant that IBM was, that you must be conscious that you have to retain that sort of startup spirit, you know, that Rod started and, you know, even that sort of the myth of above the plumbing supply shop where they started out. How do you retain that hunger now when you have the luxury of, say, 50 million in the bank or whatever it may be? How do you do that and not become a corporate? I think that's really a function of the CEO and the board. And, you know, as you move from being founder-led to being a corporation that has the governance of a board and, and a management team and also the responsibility to investors uh, that we have, you, you know, you, it really starts with ambition. And so, in a way, when I look at our approach to planning, our approach to developing our business, it's really with a mindset that says, this is a massive opportunity. And so what we have to be doing is constantly challenging everything we're doing and making sure that as we go through plans, we don't set plans that are what we can do today. It's really that we create the future. Mm. And so it's very different. It starts with your ambition. What do you want to accomplish? And I talked about our purpose and our mission. That has a financial element to it and a customer element to it that we share with our board in our plans. And then it's really up to us to make sure we're investing wisely in building capability. But... It's really, it's really a function of, of me, the board, and uh, the ambition that we share. Yeah. You mentioned it this morning, the communities of purpose. It is. And, and what do you mean by that? Well, what, I, what is special about Zero that I find really hard to compare and describe is just this thing at the heart of the company, which is about care. We care about each other, and we care about those we do business with because they've been so important to us. Remember, as I said this morning, Zero came from a collaboration between Rod and his accountant. Yeah. And that grew up and that actually defined the model. It was a collaborative model. And whilst we'll grow and we'll do many other things, that will still be very much at the heart. So the communities of purpose is really saying, we've built this extended thing that goes through our partners to our customers where we all care and trust each other. And it's just got this momentum about it that's really hard to describe. How do you personally maintain that momentum? Because this, this is... There's a lot of people here. Everybody wants to talk to you. You're doing a lot of press interviews. You're sitting here doing the podcast. You're walking the shop floor as well, so to speak. How do you stay motivated amongst all of this? Because it does wear you out. Well, you know, it's interesting because I'm motivated by so many things about Zero. That's why I'm here. That's why when Rod and I worked together, we had this affinity for the purpose. I really believe small business has been neglected. Yeah. The small business needs the help that we can offer. So I have real conviction to that. Um, I love the ZeroCon thing. I mean, this is crazy. You've got 3,000 people here who not only love Zero, they love each other and they really care about what we're doing. We have this culture we call hashtag human. So Zero to me, and I can't explain it again, feels like home. It's the place I always yeah. wanted to work because 
I feel I can be the best version of me, the real version of me. And we really take that seriously. We, we, we actually talk about creating an environment where people do the best work of their lives. So all of that motivates me, but I've got a team of executives who are really high-performing people with great aspirations. And even if I wanted to slack off for a second, they wouldn't let me. Yeah. They hold me to account. They hold me to account to make the decisions I need to make, and they hold each other to account. So we've got a really, really world-class team of executives that are just as ambitious, if not more, than I am. So yeah. I think that I feed off them, they feed off me. And our board, you know, we've got our founder on the board, we've got a wonderful chairman and a bunch of directors who are terrific. And, you know, they're, they're not here just to, you know, twiddle their thumbs. They want to see performance. Yeah. And they, these are high-energy, adventurous people as well. Even like Rod is throwing himself yeah. off cliffs. And I think he's got an injury from a bike accident. Well, he lives it. He's yeah, not just he talking did, it. He, he does. It's hilarious. And, um, you know, he's, he's terrific to work with. And, and he does bring that challenging view of the future to the board table, along with others. You know, fortunate to get David Thody on the board recently. He was the, he's had a long career in technology. He was the CEO of Telstra, but he's also very tapped into the startup yeah. uh, economy and community. And, you know, really pleased that, um, you know, we've got David and, uh, no, we've got to be careful now not to go through every one of our directors, but they're all it's terrific. It's been a long day as well. They're, so all, they're all terrific, and um, their expectations of me great. are not, um, let's say, uh, anything other than um, very seriously high. Good. Well, it's good to have that motivation. Just sort of in rounding up, if I'm the CEO of a large hyper-growth company or a startup that's sort of going through that, you know, that, that growing pain of becoming a corporation, if you like, you know... I hear about hashtag human and I, if I want to create that kind of culture, what are the easy wins in that? Because it could easily be, okay, we put the ball pit in the office and the, the free beer and that's how you create community. There's a lot more deeper work going on here, isn't there? Yeah. And look, I don't difference. You see, I've been chairman of startups, uh, investor in startups. I've also built startups within big tech companies. So been in uh, you know, the PC industry at IBM when the PC was new. Um, the internet industry with PBL Media and Microsoft when there was no internet advertising industry. So I've, kind of, I've, I've seen it. And what I've come to believe is that it's not the size or stage of the company. It's some attributes that define whether it's going to change and evolve. And those attributes apply to small and big. And they are number one, do you create an environment that's really safe, safe for people to challenge? Like, my aim is that I don't care who you are in zero. Yeah. Tell me if you think what we're doing is rubbish. Tell me if you think a decision I've made is wrong. I want to know that because I need 2,500 people leading this company, not just me. Yeah. And if I stifle their willingness to challenge because they don't feel safe to challenge, you know, I hate the words when people just jokingly say, this could be a career-ending comment. My view is, no, it's not. It's probably going to help promote you because yeah. I want people who are contrarian, who are challenging. But safety's one. Two, do you make tough choices? Because there are so many things you could be doing every day, whether you're big or small, unless you choose the ones you really want to go after, you know, you, you're going to miss out. And by the way, I was fortunate enough to be at Apple when Steve Jobs came back and I was running the Asia Pacific division of Apple. So between me and Steve, there was only one executive, a guy called Mitch Mandich. And I watched what Jobs did, and all he did was make the tough choices and focus. And that's why I said in, I think I might have said it in the panel today, 
every organization on the planet would benefit by doing 25% less things than they are today. I, I guarantee it. But making those choices are tough. Yeah. It's easy to be. It's easy active, to right? it's, do more. So, it's, you know what? It's so much easier to say yes to a little bit of everything yeah. than no to things that could be good, but just don't stack up against the other things. Yeah. And then uh, I won't take too much time on this, but then I look at how clear are you about your purpose and your priorities? And if you're not, then are you trying to be? Yeah. And then the next step is, are you aligned with that? Once you're clear about purpose and priorities, are you making the moves to align your people, your technology and your money with that? And finally, do you review your performance regularly and change course as needed? Because clarity in a changing world is something that doesn't necessarily have a lifetime about it. It's, it, it's continuous, like sailing. You're never sailing from A to B. You're tacking back and forward. That's yeah. the same in business. You're tacking back and forward. The only way you're going to tack effectively is if you're looking out there and really honest about how you're going today. Yeah. So to my Very mind, nice. if you're a small business or a big business, you create a safe environment, you make tough choices, you're clear, you're aligned, and you're honest about performance, you will change and you'll evolve with the times. If not, you're in trouble. Great advice. So I'm hoping the zero people listen to this. So people within your community, um, not just the zero employees, but your ecosystem partners as well. You're happy that I, as one of your community, reach out to you and say, hey, Steve, you put the challenge down that if something needed fixing, I could reach out to you and say, hey, take a look at this. Or maybe I've been working on this. You yeah. happy with that? What's yeah. the best way for me to do no, that? No, well, look, my, my email address is, no, it's just my name, steve.vamos at zero.com. Um, there's plenty of other social channels. Certainly uh, through social, I get feedback yeah. from customers and um, partners. So I welcome it. Look, every time I meet with our partners and customers, I only ask them one question. And that really is, if you were zero, what would you change about us to make us better do business with you? And the feedback's great, and it's helpful. Is and, it brutal and, sometimes? Um, you know, it's funny. I wouldn't say it's, it's brutal at all. It's, it comes from really wanting to see us succeed. Uh, it can be a little frustrating um, because, usually because most of the time I'm aware of the issue, and I know that we're working on it. We just haven't nailed it. So we have to be, you know, and Anna, I think Anna on her keynote, our chief product officer, genuinely talked about the fact we collaborate with our partners on new mm. products. And, and the products we're announcing, we don't, we don't build those without running them, doing workshops with our partners and our customers to say, is this going to be a value to you? How do we shape the idea to make it most value? Great. Steve, really enjoyed the chat. Thank you, Inspiring. me too. Yeah, thanks, Graham. Yeah, I, same here. Yeah, and I hope um, people do reach out. Yeah. Because what it's about, you can't have all the answers. you just got a bunch of questions and yeah, a platform no, li for listen, people to ask. Right? Always, always happy to hear it. And, um, you know, I really appreciate the energy someone might take to, to give me that feedback because yeah. um, that's a big deal. Awesome. We're signing out from ZeroCon. Steve Vamos, thank you very much. Thanks, Graham. Great to be here. All right, so we are sitting in the podcast booth. This is Graham Brown, and I'm sitting with Anna Curzon from Zero. Anna, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. So you're originally from New Zealand. Yes. And um, you're based out here, are you now? So what's the story? I'm still, I'm based in Auckland yeah. uh, in New Zealand, but I travel a lot. So in fact, I was at Rise in Hong Kong. Gosh, when was that? June, July yeah. of this year. Um, Flies by. 
Yeah, it does. And that, that was amazing, actually. Um, just seeing the amount of, you know, the, the startup vibe, um, the amount of, like, uh, focus on um, digitization of finance and of banks yeah. was, was really fascinating. Um, but, yes, we've got offices uh, in Melbourne, uh, Canberra, Brisbane, obviously, Sydney, all over Australia, all over New Zealand, uh, in the US, we're in San Francisco, Denver, New York, um, and we're in London and other places, Hong Kong, Singapore. So count. I get around. You do, exactly. <laughs> you live up in the air, I think, yeah. is the answer to that question. Yeah. So you're Chief Product Officer yes. for Zero, And so are you from the world of tech? Yeah, well, um, I grew up in my career at uh, a bank in New Zealand called yeah. ASB. And the lion's share of my uh, work there was really in technology, internet banking, um, innovation and design, around contact centres for a while, um, but always went back to technology. Yeah. And really, for me, uh, why, what I loved about that was, I guess, the opportunity to uh, democratise success yeah. through technology. Yeah. Because, uh, and that's really what attracted me to Zero because it's such a great leveller. You know, we were talking earlier about, you know, where we grew up and I mentioned the Waikato and, uh, you know, grew up in quite a, a rural, um, financially poor area, but, you know, rich with culture. But I do think back back about, you know, uh, that community and if they had the access to technology that, you know, kids do now, where would some of those people be? Mm. And so I think it's the same thing for Zero and Small Business, you know, we're, what we're doing is providing small businesses with all the tools, the information, the advice uh, that was only available to big business once upon a time. And yeah. uh, in some ways, I see big business now look at small and, you know, with a, with a jealous eye. Absolutely. Yeah, especially if you're from the world of banking. They look yes. at all those fintechs. That's where all the talent's going, right? Yeah, well, I heard that. I saw an interview, actually, with um, one of the CEOs of one of the big banks uh, on Bloomberg, and she was going, all our people under 35 are leaving us. And I thought, there you I think I know I where they're going. Why. And where they're going, exactly. Some of them are here, I yes, think. Yes, they are. So what I found interesting about you, I mean, even in the short time that we sat together, I've really enjoyed hearing some of your stories. And I think you have a knack for storytelling, which is interesting, because if you're in the business of selling product you seem to have this ability to tell stories about stuff or information mm. and how much sort of comes into what you do. Like if, I imagine a lot of your work is presenting, going sure. on stage and you know, telling people about what this could be or what the future is for the product and so on. For sure. How do you tell stories about effectively what is accounting software? Well, I would, um, I would say we're in the business of... Uh, being a small business platform. So accounting software is part of that, and that's yeah. how we were born, right? But, um, you know, you've, we're a human organization, and I think uh, where our conversations start um, and end are about the people who we're serving, and that all comes back to small businesses. And small businesses are made up of families, of mm. people with dreams and hopes and aspirations. Uh, they contribute so much, you know, to the world's economy. Uh, often they're, you know, nearly 50% of the GDP. Often they're uh, hiring uh, a huge proportion of the population of the uh, 
regions that we operate in and so their voice is really important collectively and we don't take that lightly and so you know our purpose is about helping uh or making the lives of small businesses better, essentially, yeah. increasing the quality of their life. And so everything we do ladders up to that. We talked about cash flow today. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a reason, number one reason globally why small businesses go out of business. Absolutely. And you can look at the stats, but then you think, what happens when a business goes out of business? Yeah. Families hurt, yeah. you know, um, communities hurt. And so it's, it's a really personal uh, job for us. Uh, yeah. when you think about it in that way. And how much of that do you hear from small businesses themselves? Because I imagine a big part of your role is actually being a therapist in a way. I, mean, I got this from speaking to Kevin and also spoke to Steve as well, you know, about listening to the frustrations. Mm. And it gets really personal. Like some of the things you mentioned, Anna, it's like, you know, if, if a small business goes out of business, it's, somebody hasn't just lost a job. You know, a family might lose a home. Yeah. And all that kind of, like, that's connected to it as well. And yet those frustrations as well. I mean, if a large company, like a bank, doesn't get paid on time, they'll roll through to the mm. next month. But for a small business owner, e even when Steve opened today, like that first slide about the frustrations, like, you know, that's the number one problem, cash flow. Mm. So do people open up and pour their heart out to you? Yeah. And how does, how does that take place? I was just wondering those kind of conversations. How do you hear those frustrations? Do people sort of get angry on the phone to the call center? Or do they sit down like here and say, Anna, I've got to tell you about this? Or Yeah, well, we hear it um, in a number of ways. And um, I guess we hear it the most through our accounting and bookkeeping network because they're the ones that are coaching uh, small businesses on a daily basis. And... You know, uh, thank thank goodness they are because we can see, as Steve said today, if you've got an accountant or bookkeeper by your side, your likelihood that yeah. you'll survive past that five-year mark is much higher. So it's it's really interesting. Um, again, going back to cash flow as an example, um, you know, we looked deeply into this uh, some time ago and said we can't walk away from this problem. If this is our purpose, we we need to own this and nail it because we know we're going to have a disproportionate and demonstrable effect on our customers if we can do this. And um, it's really, you know, when you're thinking about buying a car and then everywhere you look, you see that car. Yeah, well, I, you know. yeah absolutely. I've um, had this conversation before with my oh, wife. You're absolutely yes. right. So um, it was really interesting because as soon as we uh, committed to doing this, yeah. it felt like every conversation I was absolutely. having with every partner and every small business customer. In fact, I was at a partner dinner in Auckland a few weeks ago and um, the, um, the partner next to me said, man, Anna, if there's just one problem you can solve for us is short-term cash flow. You know, I just need to help my client to figure out, like, are we going to make payroll next week or not? And um, I just sat there and nodded yeah. <laughs> and said, watch this space. So um, it's, well, it's well, been hugely affirming for well, us. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, we're talking about forecasting cash flow as well. And by the way... Um, Can you hear all those uh, drinks? Smashing. Smash we got a Greek, a I think we've got a Greek wedding here. going on out here. <laughs> there is somebody. Somebody's having a toast oh, somewhere. Funny. It's happening. It's kicking off. Yeah, it, in psychology, it's called priming. Mm. Like, if you focus on something, then it appears everywhere. It's the, the neuropsychological mechanism is called priming. Mm. So I thought I'd share that. Sound knowledgeable. Nice. Good. Forecasting for cash flow, mm -hmm. small businesses. I think a little bit of discipline 
in the books here and just a discipline in the day-to-day -day life of an entrepreneur. Our, our problem, and I confess, is that we're optimists. Mm. So it's, it's going to work out. It's yeah. going to work out fine. They'll don't worry about it. They'll make their payment and they'll get their deal. And yeah, it will yeah. just come through at the last minute because that's how I've been running this business for the last 10 years. How, how do we sort of change a little bit of that? What's the discipline that we can take? Like you say, you want to own the problem. Mm. How do you sort of lead a little bit here with small businesses and rather than just sort of doing their you know, their, their books effectively for them or giving them the tool to balance and reconcile? What, what's sort of next here? Well, I think that's a, um, a really interesting question because what we talked about a lot today was, you know, when you're ingesting really up-to-date, beautiful, accurate data into the Zero platform, you can simplify your workflows, but out of that, you can create amazing insights. Um, and so uh, there's one thing to know that there's a problem. So it's the first step to anything is admitting there's a problem. And what our short-term cash flow tool will do immediately is be able to go, oh gosh, we're going to be in deficit for this period. So I've identified the problem. What it also does though is give you suggested actions to help you um, take control over that. So it'll say, hey, you know, well here are the invoices and bills that are making that up. This one's X amount overdue. Go and chase them. If you can bring this forward, go and do that. Um, but I think, again... As Steve said, uh, you can see all that stuff and go, oh, I'll get onto that tomorrow. It's your accountant or your bookkeeper that'll be that coach right. and says, that, you know, that will hold you accountable to say, no, nah, we've got to get this sorted. And, and that is why we see businesses succeed so much longer and thrive when they do have an accountant or bookkeeper. Because a robot will tell you what you need to do. But it's someone that's going to hold you accountable yeah. and look you in the eye to say, no, get up, you've got to do it. Yeah. yeah, and you're shifting the focus a little bit from being historical reporting to now helping them planning ahead, yeah. right? Because it's always been historical, hasn't it? Yes. So now you're sort of shifting that. Oh. And I wonder as well, sort of the future development, you seem to be getting in the area now that you're involved in building data around your customers beyond simply their ledger and their bank balance. Mm -hmm. You're almost now building... Um, insights into your customers that you can then predict what's going to happen next. You're now becoming a data company. You're now becoming, you know, you're in, you're into sort of new territory moving forward. And I'm yeah. sure you've had these sort of internal discussions about that. Yeah, for but sure. But you're, you're simply not now in the business of just doing the accounts. Correct. Correct. Because I think again, if you go back to purpose, making the lives of small businesses easier. Um, any platform our size that has a uh, data set the size of zero on small businesses globally, um, you know, it is incumbent uh, on us to uh, extract value from that for our small businesses. Yeah. But do it in a way that's hugely respectful. And, uh, you know, we first and foremost take the relationships and the trust we have with our customers been, you know, small businesses as well as accountant and bookkeepers really seriously. And so for us, it's, you know, at every measure, in fact, we've, we've got um, guidelines in place internally to say, um, if we're going to use this data, how is it benefiting small businesses? Yeah. And hand on heart, like, we've got to answer that question. And if it's not, why are we doing it? And so what you'll see is an acceleration of our efforts with data focused on those amazing insights. Because Zero was founded because of that problem that Steve talked about today, which was, hey, um, all the, the data is historical. I need up-to-date data. Yeah. We've had up-to-date data for the last sort of, what, 10, 12 years. What we're doing now is growing a new curve and going, not only 
have you got up to date data, but we will predict where you'll yeah. be in the future. So you've got future data as well. And not only will we tell you that, but we'll tell you some ways how you can make things even better. So, um, you know, it's really grateful and I think, um, you know, we are grateful every day for the fact that our customers trust us enough yeah. to give us that data. You have to. And it's incumbent upon us to do amazing things with it. So, Great. Yeah. Well, hopefully you can share some of those with us in the future as well when we yeah, do an update, sure. wherever we catch you on the road somewhere or back at ZeroCon next year. Yeah, I would love to. Where are you off to next? What's well, the next gig? Uh, ZeroCon London right? Uh, in uh, November, which will just be amazing. Very similar to Asia, actually, because there's so much fintech stuff happening there. Yeah, and it's so exciting definitely. to see. And um, yeah, I see a lot of similarities, actually, um, between, you know, the approach that uh, the regulatory environment and the governments are taking in each of those regions. I mean, in Asia, we've got, um, you know, a lot of digital banking licenses being yeah. issued. Uh, Britain's exploding in that space uh, with open banking. So it's an exciting time because, again, at the end of that, it's all about flow of value. Yeah. <laughs> leading to better outcomes for, for our customers, which is cool. Fantastic. Well, Anna, Anna Curzon. Yes. Thanks very much for coming to the podcast booth today and sharing a bit of your insight and your journey with us as well. And hopefully, um, you know, people are inspired to come to some of these zero events as well. If, they, if they're coming to London, then reach out and have a chat with you as yes, well. Yes, please, yeah. Um, you know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? You've yeah. got, you're gathering that, all that data, but also the insights. Yeah. Like, almost sometimes these ad hoc insights can be quite powerful, right? So. Oh, it's, it's the simple, simple things sometimes that can make a huge difference. So we won't get away with ourselves too quickly. <laughs> great. Uh, this is Graham here. I'm at ZeroCon sitting with Kevin Fitzgerald, the MD for Asia for Zero. Kevin, welcome. Thank you very much. It's great to see you and it's great to be back on the show. <laughs> on Definitely the bike. in a different physical space than normal. Yeah, if you hear us panting, then um, maybe we can just give a bit of an explanation. We're on sort of spin bikes, which is um, sort of set up in the, the conference floor here. So let's just kind of get it up. Get the watts up first before we start talking. <laughs> what are we doing, 600? My, my, my heart's pumping already. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. A young lad like you, you should be fine. Take it in your stride. <laughs> You're enjoying yourself. Did you realise there's going to be this much exercise at ZeroCon? Yeah, I did because I think last year when I tracked my steps, I did one day I did 28,000 steps 20, in one day. I think yeah. you'll probably do 28,000 just in this little podcast, yeah. right? All right, yeah. So, um, Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself first because you've got an interesting journey. You are an accountant by training. Yes. Mind the wires there. Oh. You're an accountant, but you're not doing, you're sitting on a bike, spinning away in what doesn't appear to be sort of an accounting type world. What's going on? Well, I think it depends what you, you define an accountant to be. What is right? an accountant, like a, Kevin? Well, I think a, an accountant is a, a person of the people of business. Okay. You know, like, and you, you can see the new age and the, are accountants cool? Well, yes, they are. Yeah. You know, and, and when I started as an accountant 20 years ago, it was very different. You know, like we had to wear a shirt and tie and suit all day. And, you know, you're very much a back office yeah. um, individual. But I think accountants have, have now become um, more part of the front office, more integral to the business. They understand more about the mechanics of the business, the financial mechanics. Um, and that's taken me on a bit of a journey to where I am now. Yeah. So I don't do accounting as such anymore. Just don't drop the just, pace, by the way. Just, well, there's no excuses. Just come on, it, just cadence up. Time. <laughs> Keep the cadence up. Come on. I was listening to um, Steve's uh, keynote speech just now, 
and he was talking about some of the pain points of small business, like for example, not getting paid on time, cash flow, and so on. Yep. Uh, do you see your job in any way as a therapist for small businesses? That is that is really interesting. I think I've uh, always been a therapist in some way to whatever customers I've, I've dealt with in the last twenty years. Yeah. You know, originally as a you know an accountant working with small businesses, you are, and you're not a you're not a psychological therapist or a financial therapist, yeah. right? Yeah. Same. Um, and it's the same thing, and that kind of style of help and encouragement and, and maybe shining the light on something that you didn't really recognize, yeah. it's kind of falls into the therapy world, right? Do you feel the pain of the small business owners when you go in? You must have, how many have you visited? I mean, in your, even in your <laughs> sort of old accountancy days, you must have gone in and seen a lot of different levels of horror stories, people who are successful, um, everything, right? I think the horror stories when you see somebody have an emotional breakdown. Yeah. You know, like, and they, the tears come out and they, the shoulders drop and they, they're giving up, right? Um, and that's a... That is a killer because small businesses are support families. Yep. There's a lot of pride in it. You know, you got to go back and tell the family that it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I imagine if you were like the second generation as well. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> are we <laughs> going to do a sprint but at I, the I, end? But I, I, I've met thousands, yeah. you know, thousands of small businesses, but you also meet them every time you go and purchase something, right? Yeah. Like every time you buy a product or a service, not every time, but the majority of times it is coming from small business. So maybe I'm a bit more conscious to spend in a small business environment and go to the big guys, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've seen all, all walks of life. Fantastic. Well, I think on that note, we will um, do a super sprint to see who can come. <laughs> there we go. Who got the most watts? <laughs> so we just got off the bike and um, Kevin is pumped, ready for the, the week of ZeroCon. And you're on stage tomorrow? I'm on stage tomorrow at Excited. 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Excited, nervous. Like you get. I don't think you can't be nervous. Yeah. Like it's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, I think you have to be. Even like the best public speakers get nervous before yeah. they go on stage. Yeah, yeah. But so, I think you're you're pumped by the energy of this place, right? How many people? Uh, I think we've got about three and a half thousand, yeah. or just a, t a touch over. So it's 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 a buzz, right? Like people are buzzing around. You know, we've just been on the bikes. There's tennis. There's skateboarding. It's just not what you expect, right? And I think that. That gives people a little bit of a, you know, a curiosity level, an interest spike, and they're like, hey, what's going on? And then they're more likely to engage. Yeah. You know? When you talk about engagement, I know you mentioned before, like, you've, even though you're cloud, mm. this is offline, right? Mm. How, how does that sort of make sense? Surely, you know, it'll all be digital and online. Why, why do you invest so much in creating community like this? Because you, I think you've got to be really careful about the balance between online and offline. Like, I think people that are building online businesses are very focused on scale and when can we scale and when can we grow but yeah. you've got to keep the people side of it like you, there has to be some physical you know offline touch point throughout the year um, because then you you lose touch very quickly and that might be great you might scale really great but your customers will become a different type of customer they yeah. won't be connected to you you're not talking to them um, and you're not creating a community which I think is really key for an online business to have is events like this Mm. updates quarterly events somewhere where they can actually see you yeah not that you don't exist but they just want to like yeah. chat more you know yeah well, um, i feel that that's the actual product in itself you know the, the the platform in a way the technology is part of that mm. you know and that's sort of what differentiates you from the next guy because there was a time when the next guys were using cds and you were a cloud but they've kind of like caught up there's less sort of you know, differences there now. People have, yeah. you know, it's not just the next guy, but everybody now has caught up with the cloud and, you know, your competition is out there. Yep. 
And it's not necessarily the competition that you know, but yeah. it's, it's this community which really separates you from everybody else, right? Yeah. It's a, we sometimes I look at a business and say, oh, we've actually built, you built an events company. Mm. You know, like in, in some ways, a lot of events companies will be really proud of this, right? Yeah. They'll be looking at it going, how'd you guys create this buzz? Um, but it's actually the people that we, that we work with. And we wanted to give accountants, bookkeepers, financial advisors something different. Mm. Like, and I think that's where we differentiate ourselves then from competitors. Because, you know, being an accountant, usually your events are, here's a tax update, here's a legislative update, come in, sit down, go home. But like, look at this. You know, people it's are going around, it's, it's vibrant, it's, it's very different. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's an interesting fact. Apple in the US, 63% of Apple mm. works for the retail store. Wow. So if you look at that stat, you know, you say tech company or retail company, in the same way like what you're building here, that Apple was a tech company but invested in this community, which is their retail space. That's actually, that's fascinating. And it's, it's something I've been, I, I had a really good conversation about one of the, the banks in Australia about yesterday around how, how when we push for this digital side, do we, do we keep engaging with people? And I think there's this equation that's gone around in digital world that, you know, is the, the scale and digital equals a reduction in staff and cost. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually don't believe in that. Yeah. And I, I think that you could really lose that touch point. And that 63% is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, but that's where your investment is. Yeah, in the right. front line, that, that isn't the best like thing. you say, the engagement yeah. with yeah. real people. Yeah. And we were just talking about off-air, walking around Brisbane. Yeah. It's not the biggest city in the world, so it's quite villagey. Yep. And there's a lot of zero people here. Yeah. And some, you know, they've got the people wearing the T-shirts, but there's a lot of people who aren't, right, who you wouldn't know, just like normal people walking around. But I'm sure you're a bit of a celebrity here as well. You get called <laughs> out. Have you been spotted in the street? I, ha I have been spotted in the street. Um, even last night, I was, I was walking um, through Brisbane, clearing my head at the end of the day. Um, and I walked past a bar that was, you know, was, was pretty active. And a, a chap that I've met, I reckon in the first two months that I joined Zero back in 2015, he's a bookkeeper, actually his name is Glenn Bell, um, came out from the bar and he was like, Kevin, you know, and he's a big dude, right? So he's like, he's like, I'm a silver partner now, and he gave me a big hug. Well, like, I've never had How? that before. How? Yeah. You know? I mean, but there's pride in it, you yeah. know. Like, and he was like, I, you know, and he's kind of like, I did it, you know. And I, I was like, mate, that, that's just, I'm so, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Like, I'm really happy for you. In, in you know? your previous life as an mm. accountant, did you ever imagine you behaving like that and saying, like, I'm a silver partner and giving somebody a hug? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a mindset shift, yeah. there, isn't it? Wow, I don't. I don't know, because I think when I started as an accountant, you, you fall into the world of um, thankless jobs. Yeah. You know, like unfortunately, um, most people, I think 20 years ago, you're bringing them, you're bringing them a tax bill and your invoice at the same time. <laughs> and hopefully one's less, than the, one's other, less right? than the other. <laughs> that's the point, right? <laughs> and they're not relative, you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of like, that, that's a really interesting way to, you know, as an accountant, to connect with your yeah, customer then. Yeah. You're like, oh. Well, What's why not? I mean, here? it goes back to Apple. Why not? Why not? You could be a tech company, and yeah. but they're all about mm. you know solving problems, which is really what we got from Steve's keynote today, yeah. right? Yeah. It's all about solving. It's you know, like you say, beautiful business. You're going beyond simply selling a product, yeah. a box, right? And I said, there's so many problems out there to be solved. You know, like it's especially in Asia. I think we look at personal technology adoption is really high. Yeah. But technology for business back office, especially accounting. Is really low. Yeah. Front office, like point of sale interaction with customer online, is, is quite you know in the middle. But I reckon there's going to be a slingshot effect where the back office is going to have to catch up with the customer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hope so. Mm. And talking about Asia, obviously mm. you're long on Asia. Yeah. And 
hopefully we're preaching a little bit of the Asian opportunity to people here in Australia because yes. it's a bit on the edge, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's a market in itself. You've got your roadshow coming up. Yep. Can we talk about that? Because that's yes. an opportunity for people to connect who aren't in Australia. Yeah. Or, you know, anywhere in the sort of like the zero HQ. So what's going to go on? So we have decided to extend our roadshow this year and not only do Singapore and Hong Kong, but bring it to Kuala Lumpur. And I think there's a, there's a pretty... Uh, ready opportunity in Malaysia for people to move to cloud and it's it's I always think of it in perspectives of years well it's it's 2020 next year yeah like when we were kids that was the future I thought I'd have a hoverboard yeah well, I Steve I'd be was talking about around. paperless offices yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> when? it's kind of like what's yeah. changed yeah you know so we want to show that at the roadshow and it's I am very conscious that the roadshows are not about the future it's about what's available now today what can you implement how do you do it the answer is here mm. and, and that really served that up to people so I reckon we'll have about 2,200 accountants at the three sessions yeah um, we opened registrations two weeks ago we're up to 1,100 already wow yeah so you can see that you know people are starting to say okay let, let's go and find out what these guys are up to well what is zero yeah yeah you can have bikes there yes <laughs> <laughs> I might, get, I might get a penny farthing. Absolutely, <laughs> I think it's a winner. Kevin, thanks for sharing your, uh, you know, your, your community with us today and inviting us along. Yeah, so no problem. It's great to have you guys here. Thank you. You've been listening to Zero On Air with Steve Vamos, Anna Curzon and Kevin Fitzgerald. Find out more on how cloud accounting can help you achieve success at zero.com. My name's Graham Brown. Thank you for listening.